Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray. Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community. Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your hat on. Welcome. It's so great to be here today. Welcome, Mary McDermott, to the podcast. Mary is a a dear friend of mine and somebody who I've got to know very well over the last year in many different capacities, both professionally and personally, and extremely thankful to have her on the podcast. Welcome aboard, Mary. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's do this. Awesome. So I think it would only make sense for us to be able to share a little bit on our background and how we met. And so pretty pretty amazing uh, process and how that took place. Last year was frantically looking across the nation for a financial advisor who specialized in financial planning for families that have a special needs child. Uh, Me being a financial planner and doing my own planning for many, many years and having two children that have special needs, I thought I had it all taken care of until I realized that I didn't. And so I was uh, fortunate to be introduced to Mary, who is a special needs planner up in the Spokane, Washington area. And we jumped on a Zoom and just absolutely fell in love with her process and what she does for her clients. In addition to that, Mary is a special needs parent as well. And so Mary, go ahead and share a little bit about your background and about your family. I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we kind of had the same epiphany. Mine just happened to be when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, So I started practicing in 2016, January. I was pregnant with Ruth at the time, did not know at that time that she was going to have a lot of health issues. We found out in April of that year when I was pregnant that she had tumors on her heart Mm. and that the high percentage chance of her having a rare disease called tuberous sclerosis complex was going to be our path. Luckily, we had a great birth. She was in the NICU for 10 days, which was hard, but like the best outcome happened where we got to bring her home and, and, and just love on her as much as possible. What happened though, when I came back to work was I realized I didn't, I couldn't do my own plan. I was like, wow, this is different. This is a different lens. Now I'm looking through what does lifetime care look like? What if she's with us forever? And I'm, this is my job. This is my, this is my profession and I can't do this for myself and I panicked and um, called advanced planning. They're like, great, we'll get you in touch with people that can help you get all the designations. And we actually think you should do this for others. And that led me on the path of deciding that I wanna only help these families because they're my people. And um, I think it gets sometimes dangerous when you um, interlock your personal stuff with your work life, but I find it that they can connect with me. I can connect with them. I understand when we reschedule, like all the things that they're going through, I'm going through as well. So that's why they're my people. And I want to continue to help them. Yeah, that's incredible. I know for me, it was definitely uh, just a relief. It took me a little bit longer uh, to realize that I needed a different type of financial plan than, than what I had typically done in the past. And for you, you figured it out very, very quickly. But when we sat down and we visited, it just the light bulb turned on. That was a special thing for Andrea and I as, you know, as a parent that had these two special needs kiddos. And so tell us a little bit about your family. Love to learn that you, uh, you have uh, Ruth, obviously, and you have another child as well. Yep. Yep. So I have two girls. They're 22 months apart. So Charlie is going to be eight in, uh, in the end of July. She's the, the, right at the end of July. And then Ruth 
will be six in June. So um, yeah, um, she's she's young, and um, I think it's a hard thing to get us parents that have younger kids with special needs on anything. We're overwhelmed. And it's a lot to take in, in those first couple of years, just even if you have newborns, I mean, everybody knows what it's like to have a newborn. So just getting through those first couple of years in general was difficult, but having the job I have allows me the freedom to do stuff like this, advocate as much as I can volunteer some of my time. My voice is always the voice of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. Our, our families are just hard to get a hold of because we're just an emergent um, all the time. I'm also yeah. married to amazing husband jay mcdermott he does a lot of actually the family care like he we kind of have a role reversal um in our family where i work probably more and he's doesn't want to miss anything with our girls and he is he's there for them he's picks them up off the bus he he makes sure that they're they're doing all the things they should be doing so we have a couple dynamics that are different but we're making it work and charlie is in second grade and then ruth is in kindergarten Fantastic. I, as I've got to know you better, I just see and, and appreciate that respect and admiration that you have for Jay and the role that he plays with uh, your daughters and with uh, your family is he's just a saint. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. Was that a role that you guys uh, had really thought about and, and strategized on prior to Ruth being born? Or was that something that was in the works right after that was something that you pivoted and did right after? Yeah, I think we've through our whole marriage have had like, you know, the a money dynamic of who makes more, who makes less. So that's always been kind of a yo-yo of who, wh- where does that go? Right. Mm-hmm. And then when Ruth was born, it just changed with how do we care for both of our girls? And it gravitated sort of Jade being able to take care of Charlie and me taking care of Ruth. We were nursing. And then she also had a lot of medically complex things. So I, I we were, going to be attached to each other. I have freedom of calendar. So I was at a lot of the doctor's appointments with Ruth and Jay was just there for Charlie all during that time in the first three years of Ruth's life. So I think it's flipped that way in the last two years because I've had more freedom of brain space. I've been able to grow my business um, because Ruth hasn't had as frequent as seizures in the last two years as she did before in the first three years of her life. So I think we're always kind of changing the dynamic, but right now that works great for us where in his COVID changed everything where he's working at home. So he can be there when Charlie gets off the bus. I can pick up Ruth from daycare and we can both dual make it work. Um, And he still is working full time, Yeah, but he just has more freedom to be at home. And then I have the freedom of calendar. If something happens, that's emergent. That makes sense. Tell me a little bit in regards to Ruth's condition. <clears throat> you know, my boys have Down syndrome, and that's a fairly common or I guess maybe more well-known disability that, that transpires within, within families. But I, I'll be honest, I was not 100% up to speed on, on just the various uh, or the, the condition that Ruth has, if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ruth has something that's called two-risk sclerosis complex. All rare diseases have a weird name. They all don't explain exactly what they are. They're usually related to the gene that's damaged or not there or anything like that. So Ruth's specific rare disease involves all her major organs, and she just doesn't have the DNA that um, fights those those, those tumors forming in our body, right? So we all actually have tumors that form in our body, but we have a DNA that 
says, nope, you don't need to form. I don't need a tumor right there. She doesn't have that. So um, she was born with tumors on her heart, which um, we were really lucky. A lot of parents have open heart surgery um, right when they're born. And we, we did not. The mitral valve just grew right around a tumor and they eventually shrunk and they went away. So we're done with our cardiologists, mostly just checking in with them for a while. The other organs that are involved are the brain, the kidneys, um, skin, because it's an organ, of course, and then um, the lungs after um, puberty. So when they hit 15 or so, then the lungs get involved. And Ruth had brain surgery in 2019. So we would do a lot of things to be seizure free. So seizures are a major part of a lot of rare diseases. It's um, behavior and seizures. So we had seizures from four months old to March of 2020. So just two years ago, we were we started to be seizure free, but up until that point we had seizures and seizures are beast. Like you just, they're not predictable. You have no idea how they're going to affect your child slows development just because they're so exhausted. So the seizures for us, we would have done brain surgery (laughs) to not have seizures anymore. And that's what we did in August of 2019. The brain takes a while to recover from something even that traumatic. Right. So we still had seizures up until that March. Right. And her, body probably didn't recover until January. We did a med change as well at that time because she was recovered enough. And those two things combined, the surgery and a med change by March, then she just quit having them, mm. right? And she recovered like it was nothing, like four days in the hospital. She's, she's a like, superstar. She's ready to go, right? So and the doctor told us, he's like, if she was a teenager, it'd be a little harder, but she's yeah. free, right? So her brain had already made new pathways around the tumor. Wow. It's kind of a dead spot. They took it out and she was ready to roll, right? She's just like, let's go. And the doctor's like, okay, we got to keep our feet on the ground for three months. I was like, oh, oh sure. That's easy. Like, she thinks everything's fine. She wants to go swing. She wants to be all the things that going to be. And I was like, that's going to be really difficult. Yeah. So I try um, to put myself in your shoes of, of having a young child, welcoming a new child into your home, you as a mother, the role that you play as a mother in caring for this child and taking care of this child. But it adds a whole different dynamic that you were her mother, but you were also managing the whole medical aspect of this, as well as running a business as well. And so walk, walk me through that time frame and, and how you managed, you know, the, the medical appointments. And I have to imagine there was many, many of those, and then still trying to be a mom. And not forget about Charlie and the role that you play as well with Ruth. Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so I talk about the dynamic between being a caregiver and I, I meet with a couple other rare disease moms and we, we talk that we wanna be a parent, right? And in the first three years it was emergent. I wasn't a parent, I was really a caregiver. I was trying to keep this person alive, healthy, yeah. whatever we could do, right? And my husband was with Charlie a lot, right? being a parent and he did treat Ruth a lot more normal mm-hmm. because he wasn't at those appointments. Right. And she needed that from him, but she also needed it from me to be a caregiver. Right. So the best way I can describe this. And I think a lot of parents, if you've been in the NICU, you'll understand this. You get discharged, right? I got discharged on day two and I cried the whole way home. Right. Because my daughter's in the NICU and my head is like best place for her. Yeah. She needs care. Like I can process that as a parent, like in my brain, but my heart was like, she should be with me yeah. and 
I want to protect Nobody her. can care for her better than yeah, her. Like it's the head heart difference. And I think that's the caregiver parent difference too. Like yeah. my brain can process medical appointments, traumatic things inside of medical appointments, putting her in sedation for MRIs. Like I can do that. Once those appointments are over though, and I'm out of like almost a project manager mode of, okay, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to recover. We're going to drive home. You know, I hope Jane and Charlie are okay. Like you're, you're just doing it. Mm-hmm. Then I get home and then I'm a mess, right? A bit of a mess because. Just because of that- the emotional aspect and as well as the logical aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Head and heart balance. That, that is a, that is a very, very unique thing. Yeah. And I've been able to be a parent for the last two years and it's, it's a, different thing for us all to navigate together, right? I want to spend more time with Charlie, but then Jay's like, well, I'm supposed, I'm the parent, right? Yeah. And, well, we both want to be fun though sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't want to be the one that's always serious. So it's, I think it's just changed a little in the last two years where we both get to be parents. Yeah. We don't have to be, there's not a caregiver in the house unless something happens. Like yesterday she had a seizure and all that came back up. I'm like, oh, okay. What's my calendar look like tomorrow? Are we going to be able to do everything? Does she need to stay home? Should I email the neurologist? We need to get a video. Like it all started again. And that's just kind of how our path's going to be with Ruth. Like her rare disease is one of monitor and react, right? We can't proactively do anything about it, which kills a planner's brain. Like you're like, okay, let's try and get ahead of it. Like what's our path? And there's also a spectrum. Some kids do great. Some some kids don't, right? And so I think that's one of the big challenges. I think with with many of these special abilities that these children have been entrusted with, um, there is so many unknowns, and you just don't know. Oftentimes, individuals will ask me, "So, do you know how you know high functioning your child is going to be?" And you just don't know. You really don't know, and it's something that you take a day at a time. And so, how have you, over the last six years, been able to take care of Mary? Like, how have you been able to find peace, and for you to be able to take care of of just yourself in these very stressful times? Yeah, I mean, I'm a worker. I do love to work, so that has been helpful distraction. I think, if we want to put it that way, I also have to work out. I just have to burn it off, and I don't work out with music. I don't work out with it. TV, like I just have to get out and do something left, right with my legs so that my brain can kind of fluff all that off and I can think more clearly. I can, I can see a path, whatever it is, if it's only even tomorrow, like I'm like, okay, if I can get back after this walk and I'm going to do X, Y, Z, that will make tomorrow exponentially better. I also don't put things off, right? Cause I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. Right. So I'm like, okay, you want to do something today? Great. I'm going to do it right now while we're talking because I, I just don't know how tomorrow is going to be. So I'm, I'm just an overly proactive person with pretty much everything because it just, in those years, it just taught me, I just, I can't put things off and I can't procrastinate. And yesterday reminded me of that a little bit. I bet. Yeah. That probably brought back a lot of emotion for sure. Um, as you look at Ruth where she's six now and you've really got to know your daughter and you've spent amazing amounts of time with her I would love to know what you would consider her superpowers. Mm. What are those things that are unique to her that are entrusted to her that you have found and you've discovered over the years? Yeah, I think both my girls have superpowers. Um, I think Ruth's is she's like the best hype person. Like if you are bummed out, (laughs) she will raise your spirit. She's like, she wakes up and says, 
good morning and rise and shine. And Hey, let's, what are we doing today, guys? Let's like, let's do it. Right. She's in it from the moment she wakes up to the moment she passes out. I like, I think that she literally does that. She's just one speed and it's, it's, it's high. I think she will be somebody's like hype person. <laughs> like, yes. be like, all right, I need to feel good today. Where's, where's Ruth? Like where's, where's my person? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so you get to wake up to that, which is great. It might be at four, but like you gotta be at four at two, right? And then I think Charlie's superpower is just she cares so much for humans. Yeah. And it's so great to see. I mean, she asks me hard questions all the time about us not being around and what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And right now, since she's seven, I, I tell her 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 job is to be Ruth's sister. You don't get out of that you are actually contractually have to be her sister, but she wants to be her protector. She wants to take care of her when we're gone, which I blame Disney movies for because they kill off. <laughs> but um, she was thinking of that stuff at five and she includes those kids in her classroom, right? So we see pictures of field trips and she's sitting next to the kid and you can tell like he's in a wheelchair. Right. Or he like she's gravitated to those people and she wants people to be included. And that's a superpower at that age, I think. Um, that's something that I I in fact, we had a, a discussion on this yesterday with another individual where um, the impact of of a child to their siblings and so that is something that um, we are discovering in our family and, and I'm seeing in other families as well. And I think that's a perfect example of what you just described with Charlie is that that's pretty much all that she has known her whole life is being a protector and an includer and being able to have that patience and that empathy and providing for a sister in this case, which is amazing that that's translating into the classroom as well. So elaborate a little bit more on that, because yeah. how, do you, how do you foresee that playing out? What do you see as the pros and cons of that? Yeah, I mean, they're not in the same school. So they're, we're in the same district, but they're actually not in the same school. And that just happened by chance to where the, um, the special needs class is for Ruth. But I, we were talking about it with Charlie when it's happening, because she was a little sad about it. And I said, well, babe, you don't see her during the day. You know, anyway, we just pick you up at the same time. And I go, I think it's okay to have some space from your sister. You need some time. You need your own thing too. Like, I, I don't think that's the worst thing that could happen to them to have some space outside of our home that is their own. But I think, I mean, we worried early that we weren't giving them a right attention, right? Are we giving Charlie enough yeah. to be overcompensate and sign her up for all the things like basketball, ballet, we're doing all the things with you because like, I want to make sure you know that we're here for you. And in reality, she's getting everything she needs from being around her sister. And we early on made these t-shirts and did a walk. We originally did it with our um, rare disease organization in Seattle. And then we just ordered a ton of them and we gave them to the kids at our daycare, all of them, all the kids in our daycare, all the teachers. And we walked from the back playground to the front door. That was it. And the whole purpose was Ruth's different and you wear this t-shirt. And if anybody asks you about your shirt, you just say, oh, we have this girl in our class and she has the shake sometimes, but we want to make sure that she knows she's included. We wanted to get those kids before they were in school, before they have any kind of judgment around kids that are yeah. different than them. And like Charlie gets that. She wears her shirt with pride. Like she understands that she's talked to her class. She's yeah. talked to the daycare, right? So I think just 
us being that active and wanting to get to those kids so early because we're all going to have differences and we need to be kinder to each other. And that was a really easy way to let kids and their parents know, hey, we got somebody different in our school. It's awesome. We accept her and we want to make sure you guys do too. That's a great example. That's that's a wonderful idea. That's a like awesome idea because those kids are so impressionable at that age and they are going to follow that. Like that is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I mean, we do it at our daycare now where Ruth is because she's still in a um, before and after school at daycare. Mm -hmm. We do that with them still. We'll throw kids in as many shirts as we can buy. We give them away to everyone. We order like 200 shirts and just, we just give them away because we don't, we don't want to, we're not raising money for XYZ, but we just want kids to be more kind to each other. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I'd love to hear your vision for the future for Ruth. And so this is, I recall when Nash was in that four or five age six range, and you really start to start to see areas where he's excelling as well as areas that maybe he's not as excelling as much. And you start to come together as it relates to what the future might hold, right? What the future might hold. So I'd love to hear what your vision is for the future for Ruth. What, what are those dreams and goals that you have for her? Yeah, and I'm pulling up, we did a family vision statement, so I'm pulling that up right now, and it's, you know, it's date December 31st, 2034, so Ruth will be 18 then, and it's, it's just a really high level, but it's, it's amazing to think the year we had with Ruth, she turned 18, I'm so proud of the person she's become, her optimistic spirit keeps us all smiling, and I can't wait to see what the next year holds for her, right, Charlie is 20, that's crazy for me to think of right now, but we just had our annual mother-daughter Christmas sleepover and spending time with her is in that transition time in her life fills my parent heart with joy, right? Jay and I are really proud of how both of our girls are ready to take on the world as we always have taken on our task as parents with that goal in mind to get them ready, right? So I love that. Yeah, for us, I mean, it's our job. My job as a parent is to get her ready for the world. And it's kind of my job to get the world ready for her, right? And so if I can get that, like those kids at five, if I can get to some of the employers to to employ people with disabilities, like let's get everybody ready. And my my job as a parent is to get both of them ready, whatever that means. And maybe Ruth's just in the community. Maybe she's not working. Maybe she's still with us. Maybe she's in group housing, whatever that means. At that time, I'm going to make sure my job as a parent is to get her ready. Ruth is very lucky to have you as her mom. She is going to be someone's like super great support person. (laughs) Maybe it's mine. (laughs) Yeah, and it probably will be for a lot of people. That's her superpower. That's her strength. Yeah. So last question before we wrap up. I, as I've been listening to this conversation and just observing those thoughts and those feelings that have come into my mind, I think to myself, I so wish I could have met Mary or had this conversation 14 years ago when Nash was born as a brand new dad. And uh, Andrea and I, I know Andrea would feel the exact same way. I wish so bad we could have had this insight in this, this conversation. And so the question would be, what advice or what counsel would you give to that parent who may be expecting a child that has a special ability or maybe just welcome that child into their lives? Yeah, I mean, the best advice is just like what I did before is just enjoy them the fullest amount you can in that one day. Like I put her to bed at night in those first three years and said, wow, something could happen. 
I'm going to just, I've loved her as much as I can today, full on both of my kids and my husband, right? Like today was the day and it was great. And also I just have a tiny sconch more optimism and hope than I do sadness, regret, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what was my, oh, fear, sadness. Mm-hmm. Like those are all, those are normal emotions. You're going to have yeah. them. They're going to happen. But if you just have a little bit more optimism and hope, I think your outlook will be better, even in the hardest of times. And to hear other parents and ask them what was hard, but what was great? Like the questions you asked me, cool, what was what was really hard, but what was really great? And what's their superpower? Yeah. And just like embrace them where they're at. I think that's a super important thing, especially for dads. I remember feeling um, when Nash was born to where I felt guilty for feeling sad and I felt guilty for being fearful. And um, I felt like I wasn't supposed to feel that. And I think that's really good counsel that you give, Mary, that it's okay and embrace that, accept that, love that. And it's okay that you feel that. And the counsel, as you said, is just have a, just a little bit more optimism just above that. And so feel that emotion, but know that it's always going to be better than you may think. And it's always, it's always going to work out how it's supposed to work out. So that's great, great advice. Yeah, it's okay to have hope. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. No, okay. Good. And you just have to figure out what that is for you, yeah. right? Yeah. That's right. Mary, you're amazing. Um, I'm extremely thankful for our association. I'm thankful that our paths crossed this last year and I guess a little over a year now and the great things that are transpiring as well for you professionally. Congratulations on the work that you're doing in the special abilities uh, world in helping these families plan and, and make sure that everything is taken care of. You are, I can attest to this, you are an incredible planner in so many different ways and in so many great ways. So thank you for your work and thank you for your time today. Thank you. It's been great. Said, let me tell you right now. That's something to